Hi, this is the Seattle Mama Doc Podcast. I'm Dr. Wendy Sue Swanson. I'm here with Dr. Bose. Good morning. Hey. <laughs> we all work so hard to perfect how we pull off parenthood. We're doing our best too, right? Yes. Yeah, and we often may not feel good enough. Um, and we are here today to help you face these challenges head on. Dr. Bose is, has a really fancy set of degrees, an MD, PhD, and he's a dermatologist. Um, he's been on the podcast before talking about things like diaper rash, right? Yes. And talking about things like eczema. Yes. Um, and he's back <laughs> to talk ultimately about teen acne, which is complicated, frankly, and common. Right? Very yeah. common. Um, Dr. Bose enjoys all sorts of things like sports, and we're a little bit tired of the snow currently in Seattle. Um, and I just want to say that from his bio that he shared with me, he cheers, you must know this, he cheers for the Detroit Red Wings, the San Antonio Spurs, and has generously adopted the Seahawks as his pro football team. That's right. What's going on with San Antonio? <laughs> <laughs> it's a totally random thing because I've never actually visited San Antonio in my entire life. But the Spurs are a team that's just, it's a good organization full of good people without drama. And that's my MO. No drama. Yeah, no, I like the no yeah, drama. You just got to get wait, behind Don't it, you think so. you need to get to San Antonio to watch these? I know, guys I know. I, okay. I've actually thought about going down to Portland to watch a Blazers Spurs game. Yeah. Um, but I have yet to have the opportunity. Yeah. So well, in Detroit, it makes list. sense because you're a Michigan guy. Yes. Yeah. So that makes sense. And now, of course, your generosity um, of adopting the Seahawks is a, is a good thing to do. Yes. Well, especially since Russ, Russ comes to visit the hospital. Yeah. So. Yeah. Have you seen him at the hospital? I have not. But to okay. be honest, I'm a bigger Sierra fan than. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so. Yeah. Well, she comes. Have you heard her sing? No, I wish. No, she comes with Kelly Rowland from Destiny's. Child, I know, so. I know. Okay. Well, your brush with celebrity will come. <laughs> okay, or you'll make your own. So, bottom line, we want to kind of clear up really what happens in pediatric, but really teen acne, why it happens. And I think we can ultimately help families, parents, and pediatricians and anyone else listening understand kind of even the classification and how that can guide what you do when you help and support a teen with acne. Absolutely. Okay. So, from the top, I just want to say um, I think sometimes when we uh, Community-wise, we undervalue how much emotional kind of angst can come when a child has acne. Yeah, and, and I think that's a really important point. I appreciate you leading off with that. You know, acne is something that we just kind of take for granted because up to 90% of kids will have it at some point in their life. Um, but it really does have an emotional toll on children. So, you know, sometimes when people aren't familiar that pediatric dermatologists exist in the world, yeah. they're like, well, what do you see all day? Do you just pop pimples all day long? Uh-huh. And I try not to get offended by that. But the, but the truth of the matter is <laughs> that um, kids... But have... do you pop pimples? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Sorry. I... <laughs> it's not my favorite thing to do. But sometimes you bust out the comedone extractor. But... Um, the, um, you know, the fact of the matter is one of the most gratifying parts of my job is when I have a child who comes in with, you know, cystic acne just disfiguring when they come in uh-huh. for those first visits and they have a hoodie pulled, you know, like over yep. most of their face because they don't like how they look and it really affects how they view themselves and how they interact with the rest of the world. And then if I'm able to treat them and clear them of their acne by the end of our, you know, therapeutic relationship together, they are smiling, they come in, you know, just with a different attitude and it really is life changing. So I think that for people just kind of dismiss acne like, oh, it's no big deal. Yeah. You know, acne never killed anyone. But, you know, that being said, that doesn't discount just how um, 
how debilitating of a condition mm-hmm. it really can be. Yeah. So. Well, I remember in training two things, and we've talked about this before. One of when I was a resident, I had one of the most emotional and kind of one of the best therapeutic moments I'd been able to witness in a mentor who was a pediatric dermatologist who was taking care of a child who he identified as kind of um, su- having suicide ideation that day in part because of acne and then did such a profound good job getting that child taken care of that day and hospitalized and I think saved his life. But And, and second to that is that I think I was also given bad advice at one point. I remember in training at some point a, a, a mentor or clinician said to me, well, when you're doing well-child exams and you see a teen with acne, there you know, up to 90%, to your point, will have acne at some point in their lifetime. And there's no reason to bring it up if they don't. And I, I disagree with that. I mean, I ultimately think there can be some silent suffering that occurs with children and that I think sometimes they can hear that if they care about the way their skin looks, they're vain, as opposed to knowing that there is self-esteem drops that we can c- connect, right, to kids with acne and that those studies exist. Yeah. And, and I agree. You know, I think that there's a lot of signals that um, that children get. And then we have providers get from insurance companies who want right. to, uh, that this is just a quote-unquote cosmetic condition. It's uh, not. I right. mean, it's a it's a real deal. Um, and sometimes acne can even be painful, too. So in addition to just the appearance, you know, it can, mm-hmm. um, it can impair someone's quality of life and functional uh, capabilities. And, you know, I think it's true, too. Kids have to go through so much on a day-to-day basis, especially teenagers. You know, they're worried about their friends and their homework and getting into a good college and everything else that just kind of takes up their life. You're allowed to care about how you look. Yeah. It matters yeah. how people yeah. interact with you, for better or for worse. I and I, um, I appreciate you being uh, proactive and uh, well, I just want to advancing the germ so, cause. Yeah, 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 yeah no, for no, sure. But I, so I want parents. I want people to understand that if you see acne in a child, checking in with how they feel about that, and if they want to make a change about it, is important. There are teens who say, "No, I don't really mind it," and I say, "Okay, well, we'll check in next time I see you." Yeah. And then there are, are, are kids that I think feel a little saved by actually getting some support um, and from a clinician to say we might be able to do more than OTCs. Yeah. So so let's talk a little bit. Um, help us understand just top 30,000 foot view. Why does acne happen? And I know it can happen at all different times in a life. And I don't think we're going to get into infantile acne. But in the teen years, what specifically is it? Is it hormone or what's happening? Yeah. So it's a combination of factors. And the, the, the initial lesion of acne is what we call a comedone. So that's a whitehead or a blackhead. And basically what that happens is um, our technical term for it is hyperkeratinization. And that's when the skin just kind of... Um, it begins to proliferate, you get more and more skin on the surface, and it clogs your pores. And then you get those little comedones, those blackheads or those right. whiteheads. When the top of a pore gets closed off, there's an, uh, a bacteria that lives on our skin called P. acnes that likes to live in these anaerobic, so these environments that don't have lots of oxygen in them. And the bacteria grows and grows and grows, and then all of a sudden you have a red bump, mm-hmm. so what we call an inflammatory papule, or you have a pus bump, a pustule. And our body is like, yeah. oh, hey, whoa, 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 no, 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 no. I, I don't, we don't want all this bacteria here. And we start to get an inflammatory response to that. Um, um, which is when you start to develop the the more inflamed lesions that can be painful and sometimes cystic. Now, hormones are, uh, are a big part of it also, which is why it's more common in, um, in children who are entering puberty or going through puberty. Um, and from that standpoint, the issue is that our, homo- our hormones um, induce more sebum production, so we have more oil on our skin, and so that's going to clog your pores as well. So it's really a, a combination of kind of like the, the three big things are the hyperkeratinization, the, um, the bacteria, and then the 
hormonal component. And it's important to think about acne and the cause of it as that sort of three-legged stool because that's how we as dermatologists approach treat, treating approach treating it mm-hmm. where we have those three different um, legs that we're trying to um, to take care of. Yeah, and a, and a reminder too is, is something. So when you're using medications, you're sometimes using a- antibiotics, but sometimes you're using antibiotics just because of their anti-inflammatory effect, yes. right? So, and the, so a mainstay of this is that it's not necessarily an infection. It's just that this bacteria plays a role when that skin gets kind of thick and clogs the pore opening and then all those bacteria get kind of happy because there's no oxygen. Correct. Yeah. And, and you know, having acne, one thing that often comes up um, with our patients that they're just like, oh, like my skin must be so greasy and oily and I'm dirty and I need to, to mm. wash my face, you know, yeah. multiple times a day. And that actually is counterproductive and it makes your acne worse. Um, so it has nothing to do with hygiene. It really is. It's bacteria that lives on all of our skin. But when mm-hmm. it gets into those environments because the skin is thicker or clogged uh, or the pores get clogged, that's when it, beca- it can become problematic and you start to get the acne lesions. Yeah. So to that point, I'm just going to run through a couple of questions. I mean, num- let's start with w- washing because, yeah. you know, I think there's a lot of myth out there. There's a lot of over-the-counter products and a lot of advertising directly to teens about this. What's the best kind of product and the best way to use it if a child has mild or even severe acne? Yeah. So in general, um, the, the sort of ground rule for face washing is no more than twice a day. And the reason for that is if you keep on washing your face more and more and more and more, you're constantly stripping the oils off your skin, which will induce more oil production. And then on top of that, you're just irritating and manipulating the skin more and making mm-hmm. it more uh, likely to get the for the pores to get clogged. So you just want it twice is all that you need to do. Um, as far as which washes are the best, you know, they haven't done lots of studies looking specifically at the things that are available over the counter um, and any sort of like gentle skin cleanser um, would be fine, but we're not exactly sure that that would do anything to necessarily improve your acne. Mm-hmm. The the two sort of like pharmaceutical type things that are available over the counter are ones containing salicylic acid or um, benzoyl peroxide. And the way that you can know which one um, it is is just by looking at what the active ingredient is on the back of the, the label. Um, and in general, salicylic acid is thought to have more of a what we call comedolytic effect. So the salicylic acid is actually kind of busting open those pores so that they can breathe again, and those bacteria don't have an opportunity to, to grow in that environment. Uh, and the benzoyl peroxide is actually antibacterial that kills the uh, the bacteria itself and also seems to have this kind of pore busting effect as well. Um, in general, with, in my practice, I prefer the benzoyl peroxide. Um, I think it's more effective um, and less drying. Uh, but one of the side effects of it is that it can be a little bit irritating to the skin too. Mm-hmm. So it really is a, a bit of patient preference and they'll have to try it and sort mm-hmm. of see what works best for them. Um, the other drawback to benzoyl peroxide is that it can bleach your um, your towels. So <laughs> when I advise patients to use that as a wash in the shower, I tell them, you know, either use a white towel because then it's not going to get stained at all or just get an old one that you don't care if it gets a little bit discolored. Yeah. So, and then what about, so a lot of teens will buy a lot of products and encourage their parents because they're desperate, right? And mm-hmm. their moms and dads go to the pharmacy aisle and they'll sometimes buy different products for kind of an abrasing property and cleansing and scrubbing. So some of these expensive products and even like, you know, the loofah type stuff. What do you what do you think about those? Yeah. So so I think the first thing and um, I think we talked about this on one of the previous podcasts is that price does not equal quality or efficacy. So Mm -hmm. so the key is not to be like, oh, my gosh, like this fabulous thing with like, you know, 
salmon roe and like <laughs> grapefruit scrub or whatever they put in things these days, that's not going to be better than um, than sort of the, the tried and true therapies. And um, in general, when it comes to these, you know, sort of like the face scrubs and the um, with like the micro beads and whatnot. Uh-huh. So the micro beads, let's just take those off the table because they're like little plastic things that are and bad for bad the environment. For the fish, anyway, okay, the so like let's save the let's save the um, the world. And they don't do any good, right? Yes, you, I think they're in there though because from a consumer standpoint, you can kind of feel it. You can feel right? it, yeah. So you have this sensation that you're kind of like abrasing and like exfoliating and doing something more powerful. Exactly. Right? Um, but that's but an illusion. It's an illusion. And on top of it, it can make your acne worse again because it can mm-hmm. be too irritating because it right. kind of uh, strips too much um, from the skin. So something gentle is better. Um, so regular washcloth or like using just your fingers with the soap? Is I usually preferred. just use my hands. I, that's yeah. what I would recommend. Yep. Yeah, that's what I do too. Yep. Okay, good. So um, let's talk to sleep and stress. I'm going to ask you these in just like one liners. Yep. Sleep and stress, does that it contribute to acne? Yes. Stress, um, like many germ conditions, makes acne a lot worse. So oftentimes we'll have, um, or I'll hear from my teenagers, it's finals time and my acne got tons worse. Yep. Um, so yes, So that's absolutely. real. Yep. I want people it's to just believe that. Yes. It's a thing. Um, what about makeup? Is makeup bad for acne? No. So um, in fact, you know, most makeup these days is um, is produced so that it's non-comedogenic, which is to say it does not clog pores. And you can look for that on all the labels, yep. right? Yeah. Um, and so any type of, of makeup that has that um, is totally fine to use. And um, using makeup, you know, as a cover-up, because sometimes that's an attractive option, um, especially yeah. for young women, um, does not sort of decrease the efficacy of treatments, doesn't sort of make acne worse or make it more um, or less able to respond to treatments. So it's totally recommended if that's what a patient wants to do. Yeah. So I think I, I don't think we can say that enough either that, you know, again, this is not an issue necessarily of vanity at times. This is an issue sometimes of esteem and embarrassment and not feeling yourself. And that girls who want to cover that up or boys who want to cover that up with makeup should be, I think, encouraged to do so. And it won't actually worsen right, yep. the course of their acne. Absolutely. OK, so let's go over then um, a couple things. So, oh, and the other hair products. Uh, Talk about yes. that. Sorry, so, before we move So on. there is a special type of acne called uh, pomade acne. And, and what that refers to is when we're using kind of like thick gels and, um, and clays and pomades and stuff like that in our hair, oftentimes we're not really great about just leaving it in the hair and it gets on the skin, specifically on the forehead. And so what that's doing is that you basically just have a thick... Um, you know, material there that's yep. clogging your pores in Even an artificial more. way. Right. And so um, patients who, who tend to use those sorts of hair products will end up getting worse acne on their forehead. We also see then athletes who wear headbands. So lots of like basketball players or volleyball uh-huh. players will, will wear headbands. And having that there um, is an occlusive thing um, yeah. that will make the acne Bacteria, worse Bacteria, sweat, grime. Yep. And it all just kind of gets like yeah. junked up in there. So c- describe what the differences are. So we, gr- pediatricians and, d- and pediatric dermatologists grade acne by mild moderate and and severe. Tell us the differences. Yeah. So there's two ways to look at it. And one is kind of extensive involvement uh, and then the the type of lesion that's present. So in mild, we think that more it's just kind of limited maybe just to the face or focal areas on the face. And the, the lesion that we associate with that is more the comedone. So like the blackheads or the whiteheads mm-hmm. um, that are not inflamed and they're just kind of hanging out. Mm-hmm. Usually skin colored. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, when we switch to kind of the more moderate, that's when we start to get more of these inflammatory papules, the pus 
bumps. Then we start to have more uh, involvement off the face as well. So mm -hmm. it might involve the um, chest and back. Mm -hmm. um, and then the severe is when we're talking about extensive involvement with these cystic scarring lesions that sometimes are draining, you know, um, pus and are super painful. Mm -hmm. um, so those are kind of the, the three um, general categories okay. that we. Yeah, and so and again, you know, just as parents and, and pediatricians know, I mean, I think oftentimes pediatricians, because nine out of ten kids at some point will have acne, are really comfortable managing. And there's great protocols like the 2013 American Academy of Pediatrics guidelines can help guide a pediatrician how to how to treat these. But let's go, let's break them down. Yep. So if you've got a child with what we would call mild comedonal acne, that skin-colored little bumps, usually in that quote T-zone, right, forehead and nose, and and they start and they're skin-colored. What what? I mean, what should they use and what can a pediatrician support or a parent support their child with? Yeah, so for mild acne, there's a, a lot of options that are available over the counter that work really well. And that's typically what I recommend also. So what I'd recommend is a combination of two things. So the first is just an over-the-counter wash. Um, and again, I'd prefer something with benzoyl peroxide in it. Um, and then using a medication called Adapalene um, that's available over-the-counter as a brand name Differin. So it's a Differin gel. And what that is, it's a topical retinoid. And what retinoids do is they act directly on our skin cells and basically have them turn over a little bit more quickly. Um, when you and I were um, were in our, our youth, uh, there was a medication called Retin-A, which is still available. Of course, of course. Um, And that's, you know... It was prescription at the time. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it was a big deal big when it deal. broke, right? It was, it was the so first awesome line if you get Retin-A. Yeah. Um, and, and that's still available. And uh, basically what different is, is kind of a lower strength version of Retin-A. Um, and they used to be prescription only about a year and a half ago was made available over the counter so something to start with yep the one thing with that though and 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 help me understand one of the things is that when you start to use that you know as as Dr. Bose explained to us that part of the acne problem is this hyperkeratinosis. So you're getting these layers and um, kind of clumps of skin at the top and what that does, right? What Differin does or um, or any of these retinoids, right? Is that they they help your skin kind of shed a little bit faster. Exactly. When you do that, you get side effects, right? So what are the side effects that kids can see, particularly in the first four to six weeks? Yeah, so the big side effect with this is that it can be drying um, and with that it becomes irritating as well. So oftentimes when kids start the medication and uh, the Differin is going to be less drying and less irritating than some of the prescription retinoids that yeah. we use. Um, but if if patients find that they're getting too irritated by it, then I'll say, hey, why don't you start out, you know, just every third day, and then if you're tolerating it well, then move up to every other and then right. to, to nightly. And I think the other important point to make is that when we advise patients to use the medication, they should only take a small kind of like pea-sized drop, and that's spread over their entire face. And so oftentimes patients will look at it and be like, how is this little pea-sized thing going to get over my entire uh -huh. face? Because it's not a lot. Right. And, you know, I use it myself because... I like to stay young and beautiful. and Like um, every dermatologist. Yes, totally. He has the glow. <laughs> yeah. And so, um, so you know, you, you squeeze the little drop onto your your fingertip and you just kind of dab it on different yeah. spots on your face and then you rub it all in. Well, I often it, so instruct teens to say, like, think of it as like a layer of saran wrap. Like, you just want the tiniest layer that more isn't better, more just gives you more redness. Exactly. Right? So the more, you know, I, and I tell my patients the same thing. I'm like, you know, if you are just going to goop yourself up with it, it's mm -hmm. going to be way too irritating. Yep. Um, and it's also important that, uh, you know, to emphasize, too, that it's not just where their acne is, but it's for the entire face, whether the mm -hmm. acne is there or not, because it can really help prevent acne development in these other spots as oh, well. Oh, I didn't, I don't yeah. usually say that. Yeah. 
No, I usually see just the areas. And what about this area right here below? I'm pointing to my face. So it's basically below <laughs> your lips, not at the center, but above your chin. Those are those parts. You, you should sometimes spare because you get a lot of peeling in that area. Yeah, right? yeah. And I don't know why that is. I mean, the same thing happens to me. Um, but I always it always happens to teens that I start on that. I mean, it's it's crazy to me. Everybody gets super peely here. So I say, don't do it there. Yeah, I mean, and it's you don't fine. usually get acne right there. Yeah, that's true. And so if you want yeah. to avoid that, I think that's totally reasonable. The other we thing will do a drawing on the blog about this. <laughs> so I so that you, this will direct you to the Seattle Mama Talk blog. And Dr. Bose and I will make a little picture of this little spot below the lip, above the chin, but on the sides, not in the center. But that can be more drying. So you can sometimes spare that area and kids won't then stop. Because yes. a lot of kids will stop. And that's the thing with the switch to OTC I've been worried about is that, you know, one of the things you have to do is get through that first four to six weeks because kids develop in some ways kind of a tolerance to cut to the side effects. Right? Yeah. And, and, you know, I think that's a, an excellent point that applies to all acne therapies. So I tell my patients when we're starting a new regimen, whether it's the first time I meet them or we're just kind of switching things up, that there's two main rules. And the first one is your acne might get worse before it gets better. And that's just, you know, a, a function of your skin getting used to the different products, the different oral medications we might be trying now um, and, and whatnot. And the second rule is you have to do it at least for three months before we know whether it's going to work or not. Three months is such a long time when yeah, you're worried about the way your skin looks. It's such a long time. And in the beginning, this can make your skin look a little worse, right? Because you get a little yes. peely, you get a little red and inflamed. So again, when you're starting these meds, like, you know, this over-the-counter retinoids or bent... Or um, I'm sorry, different. I'm sorry, I was like forgetting the name. Um, that you're going every third day, every other day. When you, and then when you're fine at every other day, then doing it every day. Yes. And is it true that you really do want to wait a half an hour after washing so that you don't have as bad a side effects? Um, I don't typically recommend that. I mean, I think it's ideal if you can do that, but I think really it's also dry skin. it's really impractical for. Yeah. Uh, for people to find the time to do that. One thing that I do recommend, though, is um, moisturizing at night with a facial moisturizer before going to bed. So uh-huh. you can put on the um, the gel or the cream, and then, you know, if you do that maybe an hour before you go to bed, and then right before you go to, get to bed, yeah, put moisturizer on. If you're getting dried out, that can be really helpful, too. That's great. So, so. let's go into moderate acne. Okay. So that's when you got little red bumps sometimes, sometimes pustules that way. As opposed to just using these creams and the over-the-counter washes with benzoyl peroxide, what else to, what, what else to parent what can they expect yeah so so partly with this um at that stage it depends on the degree of involvement and so we still want to use the retinoids we still want to use the benzoyl peroxide and we might be moving to a stronger retinoid if it's just limited to the face and depending on what um the the teenager is willing and able to do i might recommend adding on a a topical antibiotic in the morning so something like topical clindamycin so there's an important point to make there and that's that if you use clindamycin alone or historically we also use another medication called erythromycin without benzoyl peroxide, you can breed resistance of this P. acnes to the medication, and then it doesn't work as well anymore. Mm-hmm. So if you're ever using topical clindamycin from your um, from your doctor, it's really important that you're using the benzoyl peroxide as well so that the bacteria can't kind of become resistant to it. And many of them come in combinations. So mm-hmm. sometimes, unfortunately, they're expensive, though. So you'll have yes. to go for a generic, or sometimes you'll have to mix them or compound them yourself. Yes. But it is really important to do both, both. of them. Yeah, Totally. Yeah. So And then I take a look, too, and say, hey, okay, so where is it involved now? Like, do we have some chest involvement? Do we have some mm-hmm. back involvement? Mm-hmm. Because it's really impractical. You know, these 45-gram tubes yeah. that we give, you know, that's not going to get much. very far on the chest and back. And at that point, then I'll start to think about if we need uh, an shower oral wash medication. Or, oh, so, uh-huh. so shower wash too. You know, the yeah. benzoyl peroxide. Um, I often recommend that that um, that children just use it in the shower because right. it's just easy. It's right there. They don't have to remember to wash their face separately. So yep. hopefully they're already doing that. Um, but then we might move into oral medications as well. And so there's sort of 
two first steps, um, and it partly depends on what your gender is. So the first one is doxycycline. Um, that's an antibiotic that we use for its anti-inflammatory properties, and that's appropriate for anyone. Oral. So this is oral. Yes. Yeah. Um, and that's one pill that you take twice a day, and we love it. It works really, really great. And mm-hmm. again, to kind of emphasize this point that you alluded to earlier, this is not because we're using the medication to kill the P. acnes. We're mm-hmm. using it as an anti-inflammatory medication, and it works great. So those kids, so if your child has progressed to have those red bumps, not skin-colored bumps, but the red bumps, that's when an oral antibiotic can be really effective at calming them down and taking that redness away. Yep. So, but the key with the doxycycline is that um, our guidelines from the American Academy of Dermatology and how I personally practice is that you shouldn't be on it for longer than six months at a time. And the reason for that is because it is still an antibiotic and that means that it's not entirely benign. (laughs) And we have lots of good bacteria that live on our skin and in our gut Mm -hmm. um, that are important for just kind of living a a healthy existence, and so we don't want to destroy them. And so six months is kind of all that you get on it. And while you're on this oral medication, you really need to be doing a a full kind of topical regimen because what we want to do is transition you back to that topical regimen only after those six months. Mm -hmm. Um, So so that's kind of that with the doxy. The the other thing to mention with is that there are some side effects with the doxycycline, mostly with um, tolerability because if it gets stuck in your throat, it causes really horrible throat um, throat pain. Um, If you take it on an empty stomach, it causes like queasiness, yeah, qua- nausea. queasiness, nausea, um, which we were discuss- discussing earlier yes. and neither of us really like. Yeah. Um, and then one thing, too, is that it can make you ultra sensitive to the sun. And right. so it's super important that um, if, you know, the patient is a, a lifeguard or you're going on vacation to, you know, Mexico. Or, or to be honest, if you're going skiing. So yes, I was once on totally. doxycycline, went skiing and burned the craziness out of my lips and my nose because yes. it was sticking out during the Thank day. Thank you for making that point. That's yeah. a really great point. It is that. I mean, kids are kids and adults are that sun sensitive on doxycycline. So you do have to be really, but it is very effective yes. for those. And I have watched kids go from these kind of red faces to skin-colored faces and their comedones kind of washing away. Um, but it isn't a long-term therapy. It's that it's hard to do both, I think. Yes. that. But it is one mainstay of moderate acne is using an oral to really calm things down and get it under control and then getting used to those topical creams that get rid of all that extra skin on the top that keep that cycle going, right, yeah. and keep it away. So, and then um, for females, we have uh, an expanded (laughs) kind of repertoire because we can use oral contraceptive pills. Mm -hmm. And so there's um, three or four that are uh, FDA approved for the treatment of acne. And so that's Yaz, Estrostep, and orthotricycline. Mm -hmm. And um, it's a combination estrogen and progestin, all all of them, um, that works really well in treating kind of like the hormonal influence of acne and causing increased, you know, oil production on the skin. And, uh, they tend to be very effective, yeah. particularly for those girls who will tell you that they have a really cyclic pattern to their acne. Yes. Their menstrual cycle pattern will actually have these different flares going. The one thing you have to really, con- you know, we don't use or, or, um, oral contraceptives as a first line for birth control any longer. So when we used to, it was kind of a double whammo. Like you could put a teen on a birth control. It would really take care of their skin and also protect them from an unwanted pregnancy. But we typically aren't using them first line any longer. And so I worry in the case of the acne space of if you're starting a girl that really doing a good family history to make sure no blood clots in the family. Yaz, in particular, has a terrible record when it comes to the increase of pulmonary embolism, um, which is a blood clot going to the lungs and other things. So making sure if you're starting a teen working with a dermatologist or a pediatrician to make sure there aren't, isn't a history of blood clot or a history in the family is really important. Yeah. And, and I think, too, sort of the, the converse of that is if a, um, if a 
a teenager comes from a family with a strong history of acne, there are other types of birth yeah. control that actually can make acne worse. And so huh. having that discussion with um, with the pediatrician is really uh, important. Yeah, progestin well. only is what you're talking mm-hmm. about, right? Or the shot. Yeah, right? the depot yeah, shot. The depot. Yep. So, yeah. So, um, okay. So, let's, so that's moderate. So, yep. moderate's kind of complicated because you often want to do a couple different things at the same time and then change them, right? Yes. Sometime later. Yes. So, and, and I think, too, you know, to, to that point and how complicated things are, it's really important to, to, um, to get a sense of what the patient is able to do because I can sit here and give you, you know, like six different things that, that will help get your acne better. Yep. But if you're too busy to do everything yep. and you're just going to feel overwhelmed by it and then you're just like, forget, I'm and not going to do any of it, yep. then it's just a recipe for failure. Yeah, so. yeah. which that, that that's common, yeah. just to be clear. So don't give up. If it didn't work the first time or you weren't able to kind of keep a teen on a medicine, revisit why it was hard to be on it, consider what your alternatives are, and then start a new plan. But I think it's really important to go back. One of the hardest things to do is to get somebody to come back six weeks later to see how it's going. And that's recommended that once you start these multiple therapies of going back in to see the pediatrician or the dermatologist can be really helpful to tweak the program so that a child can kind of do a good job on it. Okay, let's move on to severe. Yeah. So describe severe again. So severe is when it's disfiguring, cystic, painful, deep lesions. Yep. Um, and, and at that point, then we're talking about isotretinoin or yeah. Accutane. Um, and, you know, it's ag- now ge- generic. Accutane doesn't exist, right? It's all yeah, Accutane. Well, Accu- yeah. Accutane doesn't exist. There's about like four or five different kind of like names generic. to it. But, yeah, yeah. you know, whenever I order it, I just order isotretinoin. Um, and, you know, isotretinoin gets a really bad rap because when it first came out, you know, a few decades ago, it was this miracle drug and everyone mm-hmm. wanted to, to yep. get on it. And then there was a time where people were like, oh my gosh, it causes inflammatory bowel disease. We absolutely can't be using this medication anymore. And now the pendulum has swung back um, in a sort of more um, appropriate and moderated way where we know that it works really well. There's been a number of studies um, where they have looked back at patients who have um, received isotretinoin and it turns out that we don't think that it causes inflammatory bowel disease. Um, there's lots of different confounding factors um, so it's not sort of the the boogeyman that um, mm-hmm. that we used to make it out to be. And I have to tell you, some of my most satisfying mm-hmm. um, encounters and uh, you know patient experiences mm-hmm. are with those who Me get too. on Accutane, and yeah. they just you know it just. Yeah. It is transformative. Yeah, it's life-changing. And I will walk around in the public. I don't know if you do this. I was just traveling. I was in Europe all last week, and I saw multiple different people with cystic, inflamed pustules all over their face. And I just look at them and think, oh, my gosh, isotretinoin (laughs) would change your life. Totally. Um, Now, of course, you know, so I think don't hesitate with a teen um, to advance them. I think because it's hard to dose isotretinoin, especially in females, because of the risk, um, if a girl was going to have a expected or unexpected pregnancy, the risk to the fetus is so great from isotretinoin. There's a ton of different monitoring that has to happen with females. I think that can be an impediment to actually advancing yeah. to it. But I just want to encourage people, if there's cystic acne and you're at the beginning of a cystic acne cycle, this is when you could prevent scarring by starting early. Yes. So don't hesitate to ask for a dermatology referral. Pediatricians don't typically do this. It's pediatric dermatologists that prescribe isotretinoin and follow teens regularly and monthly if they're girls for urine tests to ensure that they're not pregnant and putting them on birth control as well um, to ensure that they don't. And you have to sign a pledge. You have to fill out paperwork. You have to pee in a cup every month. It sounds like a big deal, but if a child has scarring, disfiguring acne, it is, I mean, in my practice, it has been completely life-changing for for kids. Yeah. Great. Okay. What else do we need to say? So I think there's two other things that we need to say. And the first one is stop picking at your acne. Okay, well, I was going to end with oh, to pick or okay, not to pick. Sorry. Okay, sorry. Okay, let me come back to that. No, no, start now. Okay. No, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay, so so this is what you need to know. When you think of acne and you want to squeeze the pimple, okay? We- 
all do, don't and this we? Is, we all do. Who and this are you is, out there if you don't want to squeeze the zit? Here's the circle of trust, okay? And actually, now I'm, I'm letting all everyone know my own bad habits. I'm 40, and I still get acne sometimes, and it's always like these so pus I. bumps. I know. And I bust them and open. And they hurt, and, they're, and you can have like mirror poppers. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. So we all know what we mean because we've all done, done it. it. And it's gross. You know what a dermatologist once told me? She said, this one who we saw yesterday at the, at the pub, she said, there are pickers and there are liars. <laughs> That's it. Like, there truth, are, only, girl, there, truth. <laughs> okay, but don't do it. Why? But don't do it. Okay, so so don't do it because, so when you look at the at the pimple and you have this pus bump on the surface of your skin, right? You're like, oh, it's like this little dome-shaped thing. There's a base to it. It's not like a half of a sphere. It's a full sphere. So when you are picking, when I'm you pushing are it back pushing down. in from the side, some of it is coming, you know, it's going to pop onto the mirror like you right? alluded to, but the other half is going deeper in your skin and it's going to make it worse and then you start to get so what are we supposed to do we're supposed to walk around with a big huge white thing on our face and go to work <laughs> so, and then what so or go do, to school yes. or like some kid's gonna go on a date and they're gonna have a big huge white hat on their I know, nose I know so like ideally they do have um, comedone extractors that you can get oh, like it. over the counter um, at the at the drugstore and why is it better tell us why um, the comedone it, it's better there. because you're applying pressure circumferentially around the entire thing and uh, so if, if yeah so then it makes it all pop out instead of going deeper into the mm-hmm. skin um, and then the more that people just kind of like, you know, if you if you pop open that zit and then you keep on scratching and picking mm-hmm. at it, then eventually you get scarring right. as well. Right. And okay. so, um, yeah, so it's better just to leave it alone. But but again, and let you know, it unroof itself and drain. Yes. And then the last thing, that, the last point that I want to make is that um, <laughs> it's very common after acne is treated that you have marks left behind. Yes. And so that's called post-inflammatory erythema or post-inflammatory yeah. hyperpigmentation right. in people who have darker skin tones. Right. And the reason well, even light a, skin tones, you can see it. Yeah, right? that's I mean, true. Yeah. That's true. And um, the reason it's important to, to make that distinction is because if you focus on the redness, you will be blind to how much your acne is improving. So oftentimes I have patients come mm-hmm. back in and they're like, like, I don't think my acne is getting any better. And I look at them and, you know, at the first blush when I walk in the door, I'm like, oh, I'm not sure that that's getting better myself. And yeah. then when I look at their skin, I'm like, oh, you know, you don't actually have any red bumps. You don't have any whiteheads or blackheads. You just have flat red marks that are the leftover signs and of And they the will acne. go away. And they will go away. Yep. And that's not scarring. That's right. And that's not active acne. And it's annoying because it's, it's going to take multiple months right. for that redness to, to disappear. Right. Um, but it's important not to... Um, not to confuse, confuse the two, um, because sometimes people get discouraged because they're just like, my face isn't completely clear, when in fact it, it, it is. It's just some residual leftover redness. That happens anytime there's inflammation in the skin, whether it's acne or a bug bite or eczema or anything else. So Yeah, thank you. Okay, so I think the very quick rundown, you're not supposed to pop. If your kid's a big popper, happy birthday, go get them a comedone extractor <laughs> and let them go to town. It's better because they're going to go to town anyway, Yes. right? Yes. So go get them a comedone extractor at yes. the drugstore. We'll put up a photo on the blog too of one of those. I'm going to go Buy one stat. Okay, there's mild acne, there's moderate acne, and there's severe acne. Mild acne in general can be treated with over-the-counter preferred benzoyl peroxide products and sometimes with topical combinations of benzoyl peroxide and antibiotics. Yes. Moderate acne should be treated likely with a combination of both topical treatment and sometimes with an oral antibiotic, but for no longer than six months. And getting off of that oral antibiotic after six months and maintaining um, moderate acne is really the hallmark is red bumps, not just skin color bumps. And then if there's that scarring big, huge, pustule, deforming acne, you can go to something like isotretinone, otherwise used to be known as Accutane. It needs a lot of monitoring, but it's wildly effective for teens who have severe acne. Perfect summary. Okay. And 
I guess we have to admit that you're not supposed to pop, but go off in the world and be who you are, people. Just go get a <laughs> chromatome extractor. Thank you, Dr. Bose. Thanks for having me. The reality is parenting is a high-stakes job, and when zits are in the house, you've got this. <laughs> Thanks for listening. The Seattle Mama Doc Podcast episodes air every single week. I'm always interested in hearing what you have to say, what was helpful, and what you want to learn more about. Reach out to me on Twitter at Seattle Mama Doc, on my Facebook, Seattle Mama Doc, or at SeattleMamaDoc.com. Tell me what you want to learn. Tell me if you want to join me and point me to experts you'd love to learn more from. 